Welcome to SCOTUScast, Jury Death Sentence Recommendations Edition. Thank you for tuning in. On January 12, 2016, the Supreme Court decided Hearst v. Florida. The question before the court was whether Florida's death sentencing scheme, which Hearst contends does not require unanimity in the jury death recommendation or in the finding of underlying aggravating factors, violates the Sixth and or Eighth Amendments in light of the court's 2002 decision, Ring v. Arizona, which requires that the aggravating factors necessary for imposition of a death sentence be found by a jury. The Florida Supreme Court upheld Hearst's death sentence. By a vote of 8-1, to one, the Supreme Court reversed the judgment of the Florida Supreme Court and remanded the case, holding that Florida's capital sentencing scheme did violate the Sixth Amendment in light of Ring. Justice Sotomayor's opinion for the court was joined by the Chief Justice and Justices Scalia, Kennedy, Thomas, Ginsburg, and Kagan. Justice Breyer filed an opinion concurring in the judgment. Justice Alito filed a dissenting opinion. To discuss the case, we have Jack Park, who is of counsel with Strickland Brockington Lewis LLP. As always, the Federalist Society takes no position on particular legal or public policy issues. All expressions of opinion are those of the speaker. And now, Mr. Park. On January 12, 2016, the United States Supreme Court, with Justice Sotomayor writing, held that Florida's death sentencing scheme unconstitutionally violates the Sixth Amendment. As it has been construed in Ring versus Arizona, the Supreme Court's 2002 decision. The Supreme Court reversed the decision of the Supreme Court of Florida and remanded the case for further proceedings. Those pro- further proceedings might include consideration of Florida's contention that any error was harmless. Under Florida's statutory death penalty procedure, someone who has been convicted of a capital felony can be sentenced to death if an additional sentencing proceeding results in findings by the court that such persons shall be punished by death. That additional sentencing procedure starts with a hearing conducted by the judge in the presence of the jury. The jury then renders an advisory sentence without specifying the factual basis for its recommendation. Notwithstanding the recommendation of a majority of the jury, the court, after weighing the aggravating and mitigating circumstances, enters a sentence of life imprisonment or death. If a death sentence is entered, the court must set forth in writing the findings on which the sentence of death is based. And while the judge must give the jury's recommendation great weight, the sentencing order must reflect the trial judge's independent judgment about the existence of aggravating and mitigating factors. Hearst was charged with and convicted of the murder of a co-worker whose body was found at the restaurant where they worked, bound, gagged, and stabbed more than 60 times. The restaurant safe was unlocked and open, and hundreds of dollars had been taken. The victim's injuries included facial cuts that went all the way down to the underlying bone, cuts through the eyelid region and the top of her lip, and a large cut to her neck that almost severed her trachea. The trial judge, in her findings, characterized the crime as consciousless, pitiless, and unnecessarily tortuous. The jury was instructed that hers could be found guilty of first-degree murder, a crime that carries a possible death sentence under two theories, premeditated murder or felony murder for an unlawful killing during a robbery. 
the jury found Hearst guilty without identifying which of the two theories it adopted. The jury recommended death and the trial judge agreed, but the Florida Supreme Court vacated the sentence. On remand, a second jury recommended death by a seven to five vote after being instructed that they could do so if they found at least one aggravating circumstance beyond a reasonable doubt, that the murder was especially heinous, atrocious, or, or cruel, or that the murder was convicted during, committed during a robbery. The trial judge sentenced Hearst to death a second time, finding in the written order that both aggravating factors were met. In the Supreme Court's view, in essence, there, the Florida procedure in Hearst's case involved too much judge and not enough jury. The court noted that in Ring versus Arizona, it held that a sentencing judge's finding of the required aggravating circumstance violated the Sixth Amendment because the, a judge, rather than the jury, found the facts necessary to sentence a de defendant to death. In Ring, the court had declared capital defendants, no less than non-capital defendants, we conclude, are entitled to a jury determination of any fact on which the legislature conditions an increase in their maximum punishment. The court rejected what it called a bevy of arguments that Florida advanced in favor of its death sentencing procedure. First, it rejected the contention that in order to recommend a death sentence, the jury necessarily had to find an aggravating circumstance. In Florida's characterization, I guess that would mean that it was implicit rather than explicit. The court reasoned that the trial judge still had to make a finding that aggravating circumstances exist and that any mitigating circumstances are outweighed by the aggravating circumstances. In short, the jury's role remained advisory. Second, the court found that Hearst did not admit to either of the aggravating circumstances advanced by the case. Third, the court responded to Florida's invocation of precedent that approved of its death sentencing scheme by overruling it in part. The Florida Supreme Court had pointed to Hildwin versus Florida in 1989 and Spaziano versus Florida in 1984 to support its observation that the court, Supreme Court had repeatedly reviewed and upheld Florida's capital sentencing statute over the past quarter of a century when it said it in 2002. But those decisions could not survive the reasoning of Apprendi versus New Jersey in 2000 or Ring. Accordingly, the Supreme Court overruled Hildwin and Spaziano to the extent they allowed a, federal, a sentencing judge to find an aggravating circumstance independent of a jury's fact-finding that is necessary for imposition of the death penalty. Finally, the court declined to reach the question whether the error was harmless. It explained that it normally leaves that consideration to the state courts. Justice Breyer concurred in the result and Justice Alito dissented. In dissent, Justice Alito stated that he would not overrule Hildwin or Spaziano without reconsidering the cases on which the court's present decision is based. He said that even if Ring was correct in its view of the original understanding of the jury trial right, he would not extend it to the Florida procedure. 
In his role, the Florida jury continued to play an important fact-finding role. Finally, he stated that he would hold the error harmless beyond a reasonable doubt. As the death sentence is generally imposed in these, these days, there, there is first the conviction of a crime that carries it, and then in the separate proceeding there's often a hearing at which aggravating circumstances are advanced by the state and mitigating circumstances advanced by the defendant. As I understand Ring, any finding of an aggravating circumstance would, ha would have to be a jury finding. The next step, though, is a weighing of the aggravating factors versus the mitigating factors. The jury does that when it makes a recommendation, but is that weighing a factual determination, or is it a judgment about the legal and moral significance of an entire collection of facts? As the Alabama Supreme Court said in 2002, the weighing process is not a factual determination. In fact, the relative rate, weight of aggravating and mitigating circumstances is not susceptible to any quantum of proof. That question will have to remain unsettled, I guess, at this point of the uh, litigation, and I'm sure we'll see some of this percolate back up in the future. Thank you for listening to this episode of SCOTUScast. For more episodes of SCOTUScast, as well as audio and video of past Federalist Society events, please visit our website at www.federalistsociety.org slash multimedia.